Welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 16 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Philadelphia Story, and it originally aired on the 17th of January, 1985. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. How to do? Hey, welcome back. <laughs> Yeah, welcome back to you too. It's been a long time. It has been. It almost feels like it's been since 1776. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> Man, this is a very special episode we get to talk about tonight. Oh, this one was incredible. Oh, I love it. I mean, every episode is a very special episode, but this was a very, very special episode. <laughs> yeah, this one might go down as a, probably one of my top fives right now. <laughs> Favorites. One of the best episodes in history, would you say? <laughs> I would say that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'd put my John Hancock on that one. <laughs> yes, agreed, agreed. <laughs> this one is very special. It was incredible. Well, thank you all for joining us um, again. I know it's been a little bit. I'm back from... Some travels, um, and now we're hunkering down again and back to school. Keith, what have you been up to? Yeah, so kind of the same thing, you know, work. Um, the kids, the girls uh, actually did like a summer uh, program at school. It was, I, I keep wanting to say it was like a catch-up program, but it wasn't really a catch-up. It just More was to kind of help. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little relish. Okay, okay. I couldn't help it, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we relished the time that they were gone. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, so they got to go to like a little uh, summer program kind of thing, and it was really yeah. cool because there wasn't very many kids, and so they really got a chance just to do some arts and crafts and kind of socialize with some kids that were kind of their same age a couple hours in the morning and had a really good time. So Fun. That was pretty much the extent. Heidi's family came down for a week and stayed with us, but I wasn't able to take any time off. And so they all kind of just floated around and had fun. <laughs> floated in the pool? Yeah. 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 In the pool. <laughs> Face up too. So that was good. So <laughs> that's good. That's, all, that's the best way. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're going to float for a while to do that. <laughs> right. It is easier on the breathing. It is typically. Yeah. Oh, I, I found I have a new fascination with Wipeout. Oh, yeah. So you and I have talked about Wipeout before in the past. Great show. Always yep. loved it. Love the John and John. Jill Wagner. I, I actually like Vanessa Lachey, too. No problem there. But, like, these little vignettes have been on Facebook, and I'll end up watching three or four a day. Like, especially nighttime <laughs> kind of right as I'm getting ready to go to sleep. Right. They're, they're crazy. I think I've probably watched 10,000 now in the last month. You should just sit and watch all the shows now. Well, I'd have to try to find out where they are, and, you know, it's easy. I just watch a couple of four-minute videos on my phone, and whoosh, done. <laughs> you got your fill? That's good. Yeah. We actually just recently watched through the Australian Wipeout. Oh, what'd you think? It's very fun. It's very different. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. The The core of the show is very the same, but the humor is very Australian, you know, so... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times when we're like, I have no idea what pop culture reference they're making, you know. But a lot <laughs> of it's also really funny, and it's great to hear, like, the accents and stuff. The hosts are, you know, they're pretty good. They're not quite John and John. The girl they have is kind of a, you know, dud. She doesn't really contribute much. She just sort of 
there. Right. But overall, it's fun. It's fun to see, like, different people and their stuff. They're a lot more uh, into not wearing as many clothes on it, you know? Oh, okay. I mean, they're not, like, naked naked, but there's just a lot of, like... Very small clothing on it. You know? <laughs> Do they blur things out? Occasionally, depending oh. on how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> according to how bad the wipeout actually is. Yes, yeah, that, that happens right. quite a bit. So, and we've watched the British one. Oh, I didn't even know there was those shows. There's yes, uh, they're on like oh, and Canadian. We've watched Canadian one too. Oh, but I that feel like one. they don't want to wipe out because they all want to be so nice to each other. They are. Well, the comedians are, again, it's very different. Like, each one has its own unique type of comedy. The Canadian one, you know, they're still, like, kind of mean, but they're, like, polite mean. Mm-hmm. The British one, though, is just one guy, and it's this comedian guy, Richard Hammond, I think it is. No, huh? Richard Hammond is the, uh, the guy from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. <laughs> it's something Hammond. I can't remember. No, that was John, John Hammond. John Hammond, yeah. Yeah, John we Hammond's did, like, from Jurassic Park. Okay, well, then it's Richard Hammond, then. Okay. It's whichever one is the one that's not from Jurassic Park is the host of the British uh, Wipeout. So I he's really funny. They spared no expense. Yeah, they got the actual character from Jurassic Park <laughs> to host it. Not the actor who played him, but actually John Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Or Richard Hammond, whichever one it is, I can't remember. Sure, sure. One of them. That's fun. That's a good. Those are fun shows. Sometimes you just need to see someone fall in the mud. I always do. So, fun fact, um, you know, somebody is printing something and it's, you know, the printer's right next to me. So, that's inconvenient, you know? <laughs> well, you know, they need to have something printed. That's yeah, the spot. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it, that makes it more uh, real, right? <laughs> People still print stuff at home? Yes. I, ha- I print a lot of stuff, but it's because I work from home. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. So, there's a lot of paperwork I got to print and sign and date and send. You don't just do it like uh, those document things where you can like sign it on your computer? No. So there's some of the things they won't let me do that with. I'll have to do a wet signature. Oh. Yeah. And then we used to use uh, like one of those signature things and a PDF files. And then, you know, we have. Yeah. So there was a problem with one of the customers. And so now we all have to print, sign, scan, and send it back. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like goofy. the Stone Age. I know. It's so bad. It's terrible. Next thing they're gonna have you churn in your own butter over there and shoe hor- putting horses on shoes. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I would like churn butter pretty well. Like well, fresh I think that would be delicious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know that I have the uh, the gumption to do that though. When I can just buy it. Yeah, probably so. It probably would take a lot less energy than uh, milking something and then churning it and swiping the cream. Also, I think I said put horses on shoes, and I'm pretty sure it's the other way around. So. Sure. But the horses have to go on the shoes at some point. I mean, eventually they do get on the shoe, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, that makes more sense. That's true. Yeah. See? You're a pioneer. That's right. I'm putting myself on my shoes right now. <laughs> You're putting yourself in your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm owning it. That's what I'm doing from now on. <laughs> I like it. You keep it up. <laughs> you know what else I like? What? I like hearing from our listeners. Oh, that's my favorite thing. Sha-la-la-la. Keith, we heard from a new listener. Um, it was kind of while I was gone, so it's been a little bit, and we have not gotten to directly respond yet, but it's time to hear from a new listener. Yay! 
Now, this listener first contacted us, like, made some comments actually directly on the page, which we've interacted on our Facebook page, I should say. Her name is Julia. And one of the things that we found out that is so cool from her uh, interaction on our Facebook page is Julia is from Germany. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. If you're keeping track now, we've gotten emails from three different continents, which is like half of the populated continents on the planet. Right. Are listening to our show, basically. So, you know. I think the two most populous continents, though, are uh, what? Africa and India, right? Or uh, Asia. Asia, That's yeah. What India is, yeah. So, I mean, really, we've got a fighting chance. That's true. If we can collect all seven, that's going to be the best. Well, so Asia is a pretty good bet. And then Australia is like largely English speaking. So that also puts it in our favor. Mm hmm. You know, I mean, we already I, I have think Africa. We could do this. And yeah. we have North America. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I think we're doing pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with this. Yes, this is incredible. So. What's Julia say? Well, okay, so if you guys want to see uh, the other stuff that Julia shared on her Facebook page, of course, you could go do that. But she also wrote to us um, through our Facebook message uh, thing on our Facebook page. Alex B. Keaton is my friend. And, of course, if you guys would like to write to us, you can always write to Alex B. Keaton is my friend at gmail.com as well. But here we go. Here's what Julia said. Uh, she says, hey, guys, I have to disturb you again. As I was listening, that I, it's not disturbed, by the way. We are always happy to get a, a, any kind of writing in. So don't yes, worry about we that. are. That's awesome. She said, as I was listening to many of your season two podcasts while doing my gardening, I don't remember on which episode you were discussing Meredith Baxter's series Family that she did before Family Ties. Um, which, yes, we've had a lot of people that were on that show as well, which is cool. A lot of the guest stars. So, mm-hmm. um I have to also say how great I think it is that gardening is the activity for this podcast listening. Like, that's great. Nice. And, um, Julie, I'd like to know what, what type of stuff is in a garden in Germany that you're gardening there. Cause I have, as you may have heard, I got an orchard going in the backyard. We've got several fruits right now. We've got figs and nectarines and peaches in season. So nice. Uh, with apples coming right around the corner. So, mm-hmm. you know. I like to compare fruits and veggies. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, figs aren't quite ready yet, and our peaches are close. Oh, really? Interesting. Yep. Yeah, they just turned red. I just picked orange. the last peaches today. Really? Although it kind of looks like we might get a second round. Like, I've got a bunch of small oh. ones that I don't know if they'll grow into anything or maybe not. Because our the ones we got were huge. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm super excited. I keep going out every day because... That's the one thing about having a fruit tree. Like you'll go out and then a couple days later go out again and they already have turned and they're gone. I'm like, wait, what? What happened? Yeah, it happens. We lost quite a few peaches this year. And interestingly enough, it was to the birds. Yeah, the birds have been crazy bad. Yeah, like a bunch of them. They're just, they demolished them. So my neighbor has an apricot tree and he put those little like, uh, like strips of bright paper and stuff in it. You know, the crinkly paper. Oh, yeah? Uh, I wasn't yellow crinkly paper. It was actually, like, uh, silver. Huh. And um, that helped keep the birds away a little bit. So, But he gave us a great big old bag of apricots, and we just we demolished oh, them. And then I told I Heidi, do. we should have made apricot jelly. Oh, there's so much good stuff to do with apricots. Oh. The great thing about apricots off a tree is that's, like, the only way to get them. 
Oh, yeah. An apricot from a store, because in order to ship them, they got to pick them too early, and it's just not the same thing. Nope. Off the tree? Oh, they're just like candy. Love Mm, them. So good. All right, sorry. So... (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to Julia. Um, she says, so she's bringing up the family show that Meredith Baxter was on. She said, did you guys know that Michael J. Fox was a guest star on that show in 1980? No way. I did not know this until she brought this up. Like, I had no idea. We should have looked into this, I suppose, but I just right. didn't know. Yeah. She said, it's even on YouTube, a kind of creepy plot line with Mike, if you ask me, with Michael J. Fox. And she put a link to the episode which I'll need to send to you because we're going to need to, like, check this out a little bit and see. Yeah, we're going to have to discuss this. Yeah, pretty great. Um, And then she said, by the way, if I can find more time, I plan to write a longer email about Family Ties and its chaotic run in my home country, Germany. It seriously didn't get the right treatment here at all. Most German people know Michael J. Fox, but don't know anything about this series, which is really sad. That is sad, actually. It is. I I am so hoping you have time to do that because I would love to hear about it. And I'm like super curious, like how does an episode like we're about to talk about, which basically is all about the (laughs) writing of the Declaration of Independence in the United States, like how does that air in Germany and how do people respond to that? Yeah, that's got to be kind of a crazy storyline for, no, maybe not Germany as much as like England or... You know, but, right. Uh, well, but then also, like, how much of that humor? Because the bulk of the humor in this episode was about like the wording of it and like wordplay about what happened around the Declaration of Independence. And I don't know how that would play out. So even just, I don't think people will get it. Like, what's the you know? Yeah, I don't know. Write on that. Hmm. Oh, I hope she has a lot of time to write. Because honestly, like, if there was a show about any other country and their, you know, founding fathers, we wouldn't get the inside jokes about it. Because, you know, we don't know anything about their history. Just like they probably don't know about ours. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like other schools in other countries are way better than ours, though. So they might actually have uh, more information. It's very possible. (laughs) All right. Well, if our listeners from other lands, uh, other countries would like to tell us. um, I'm so curious specifically about this episode tonight, but just other you know, I always like to hear about how other pop culture references go over in other countries. So, oh, that's got to be crazy. Yes, I'm. I'm super excited for this. And Julia, thank you so much. That's the end of her her, her letter. She says, "Bye, Julia." Um, thank you thank so you much so for much. writing in. Yes, thank you so much for writing in, and thank you for interacting with us on Facebook. And it it's just awesome to kind of get some of the background information that you gave us on Facebook, and it gave us a different perspective again. You know, kind of reset the timeline. And also, she points out, we can never keep the timeline straight or how many, how old the kids are and all that stuff. That's just, that's just us. Like, I think that, I don't know, two dads got so much going on in my brain. I can't keep track of it all the time, you know. Yeah, because she said Jennifer was nine when they started the show. And there's no way she's nine in the episode we just watched. I mean, now, granted, it's season three. So yeah. she should be 12. She's not 12. I'm sure that they, you know, bump up the ages. Obviously, you know, Michael J. Fox was a little older, etc. Uh, but true. still, yeah, it's just too hard to keep track. And so that's why we need you, our excellent fans, to keep us on our toes, to keep us, uh, you know, accurate with all of our information here. So we appreciate that. Yay! And if you other listeners would like to write in, you can always write to us at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. Or you can be like Julia and use the contact uh, message thing on our Facebook page. Alex B. Keaton is my friend. That was super cool. Sweet. I, again, I can't believe 
so many continents, so many emails. Right? It's fantastic. Oh. I'm curious, too, uh, like what part of Germany she's from, because I am still scheduled to go to Germany next September. That's right. And fun fact, uh, Janelle lived in Germany for like a year when she was by, about five. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah, her dad was stationed overseas. He was in the some form of military, and he was on a base there for uh, for a year. I, I think it was during the time when there was like, you know, West Germany and East Germany, and oh, so wow. he was in some sort of I, I don't know. It was like you know a peacetime. It wasn't like fighting or anything like that, obviously. But mm-hmm. but she lived on a base over there um, for a year. Huh? Yeah, That's crazy. I've seen the I pictures. forget about East Germany and West Germany now because I mean it's been a number of years, but I wonder what that was like for the people who lived there and had to deal with that on a regular basis too. It was in our lifetime, you know, which is crazy. Yeah. So a so lot crazy. of stuff has changed. Yes, but yeah, it Janelle has. lived there for about a year. Well, hot diggity. All right. Well, that being said, it's probably time for us to talk about the episode we just watched. Sha la la la. I want to hear you recap it because <laughs> I feel like only you can kind of bring this plane in for a landing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So this episode uh whew. This episode starts out um, they, at Nikitin's home, obviously. Um, Alex is coming home, first of all, coughing and sneezing a bunch without covering his mouth. And uh, in the current times right now, that's just weird to see and very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. um, it elicits obvi- a response from you for sure. Yes. And even at the time, Jennifer's like, gross, Alex. He's like, sorry, next time I'll go outside or whatever. And, <laughs> and she's like, yeah, do that. But... It's just, it's weird how seeing that in a show, you're like, ooh, oh gosh, what's going on? Anyway, Alex comes home and uh, he's got a, uh, he's got a big paper he's got to work on here. Um, He's writing a report on Thomas Jefferson and the writing of the Declaration of Independence for his college course. It's also really fascinating to see someone working on a paper for college and just writing it out by hand because, <laughs> I mean, I know that's how it has been in the past, but you, just, you would never see that now, you know? <laughs> no, none per se. What is, what is this? Writing on a paper? What are you, what are you handing me right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Teachers now would be like, yeah, no, you got to take this away. Yeah, I can't read this. Um, although it's funny because I remember in high school there was always a thing – about like you know turning on a computer like a computer printout they were worried that you were just going to like copy it from somewhere and you know that would be like cheating so there was like kind of a, a movement to like not let people do stuff printed up at that point and we got past that i guess so yeah eventually right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so anyway um so alex has got this paper and um oh elise is back she's making dinner yeah um and making, not very pregnant looking either. No, yeah, definitely not like near the end of the pregnancy type pregnant. So I think our theory once again holds that stuff was shot out of sequence. She's making dinner that sounds unpleasant. Um, Jennifer asks what she's making and she says it's soy meal and hearts of palm casserole. Mm, uh, I don't know why does, that sounds so unpleasant. I I don't know. It doesn't sound good to me. I, maybe there's a, something there that I don't know about, but... Jennifer's clearly not too stoked on it either, so... <laughs> Is that even, like, a real thing? I don't know. And I feel like they eat, like, regular food. Like, they're not always, you know, vegetarian stuff or, or whatever that you wouldn't expect. I mean... Uh, I am typing it in right now. Soy meal and hearts of palm casserole. 
It almost feels like that's just what they had left in the fridge, you know? So she's putting it together. Like, you got some soy meal and this hearts of palm. Huh. So there is a hearts of palm lasagna. There's hearts of palm casserole with creamy spinach. I don't see the soy meal part, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Hearts so it must of palm be like crab a cakes? vegetable, like, substitute or something, you know, for meat things. Yeah. Interesting. Huh, they're really weird looking. Like, well, the, this one's, like, they've got them kind of Is it literally up. just like the inside of a palm frond or whatever? Uh, I No. It can't be. Palm Let me tree? just type in, what is hearts of palm? What is a heart of palm? It says it's an unassuming little veggie. But not a not from like a palm tree. No, it totally is. You're 100% right. It's a vegetable harvested from the inner core and growing bud of certain palm trees, most notably the coconut. And then huh. it says a bunch of different words. And the peach palm. Interesting. Had no idea. Yeah. Oh, it says that once you harvest... Uh, Harvesting of many uncultivated or wild single-stem palms results results in the palm tree's death. Well, I wonder if they have, like, a farm to grow them on, though. You know, like, that's... Maybe you don't, like, cut them out of, like, an old tree that's growing. Yeah, Hopefully. that's so weird. So there's a few of them, and the two that I had noted earlier are the best ones, so that way they don't kill the tree. Well, because palm trees grow fast. If you've ever had, like, palm trees, like, sprout up in your yard, like... Oh, yeah. Around here, there's, like, different palms that are, like, weeds, you know, that just pop up everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right kind, but those grow plenty fast. You could farm those easy. Yeah. Ne- I don't think I've ever heard of hearts of palm before. Well, we learned something from Family <laughs> Ties today. <laughs> and good old soy meal. <laughs> so, um, meanwhile, you know, Elise is making dinner, um, and uh, Mallory is upset because... Um, Skippy invited her to a Van Halen concert. She doesn't want to go with Skippy, so she asked if he'd sell her the ticket so she can go. I think he said what she said to the normal kid or something like that. (laughs) Um, poor Skippy. Oh, (laughs) and then, uh, I love this part too. Alex is like, you know, getting set up to do his report on Thomas Jefferson. He has hung up on the wall of the kitchen, like a painting, like the famous painting of the sign of the Declaration of Independence, and then a replica of the Declaration of Independence up on the wall. And Mallory's like, oh, what's that there? And he's like, this is the Declaration of Independence. And she's like, how did you get it? <laughs> Which was just, yes. And she was so Mallory. deadpan when she said that, too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. perfect. So that's fantastic. So then Stephen comes in and a... I guess it's a co- he wasn't from the same TV station. I feel like it was someone else from like the PBS organization uh, was there with him. Yeah, and we find out that they're supposed to go to Washington D.C. the next day to make a presentation to Congress about uh, public funding for you know public television for um, like PBS station. And Stephen does not want to do it. He feels like he is not worthy of speaking to Congress. Alex, of course, is like you've got to do this, Dad. This is this is a huge opportunity. And, um, you know, he tries to get him to do it. And Steven's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. And his friend says, all right, well, I'll, uh, you know, we'll talk to you tomorrow and maybe you'll change your mind. Alex, you know, pleased with him. He's got to do it and makes a whole thing about how he's kind of like Thomas Jefferson writing the Declaration of Independence. And Steven just is not convinced. And so he goes off to bed and Alex sits down to work on his homework, on his paper, and he falls asleep. And when he wakes up, he's in 1776. What? He's July 3rd. July 3rd. That's right. 
And, uh, of course, I love the fact that, like, they're showing it being written on the night before it was signed. I'm sure that was, like, they just started the homework <laughs> assignment the night before, you know. Well, I'm going right. to write the Declaration of Independence real quick. You know, cool. <laughs> Let me just uh, knock this one out. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, and so he wakes up, and the first person he sees is Skippy, who comes in. Oh, and by the way, he's got a little ponytail, like a 1700s little small ponytail thing and then skippy comes in also with one he, he calls him skippy finds out it's 1776 then steven comes in but steven is in the guise of thomas jefferson where it's kind of like like the wizard of oz where the different people are all like characters in the dream you know yes yes so steven is thomas jefferson and he calls skippy skipford by the way which i thought was great skipford <laughs> um and so Skippy, it looks like Skippy and Alex are both like, uh, you know, stable boys. They're cleaning up around. They got brooms and everything. They're kind of lowly uh, figures. And um, then Steven's friend from the PBS station comes in and he is now John Adams. And we find out from the John Adams in the dream that now Thomas Jefferson is being asked to write the Declaration of Independence. And what follows is sort of a parallel to the whole Stephen going to Congress. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't think he's up for it. And Alex in the dream encourages him to do it and eventually sits by and, like, helps him to write the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Kind of sits over his shoulder and, you know, he's got it memorized. So when he can't think of, like, a certain phrase from it, Alex is trying to get him to guess it. Or sometimes he just outright tells him it, you know. <laughs> We hold these truths to be like totally obvious, you know, you just can't think of the right words and Alex helps them out. So uh, in the end, you know, Alex gets them to write the Declaration of Independence and then they go to the actual signing of the Declaration of Independence. John Hancock is there presiding over it. There's a great gag where they finally are signing it and he like writes it all big and they're like, hey, you didn't leave any room for us. You wrote your name too big. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, Everyone, you know, signs the Declaration of Independence, and then Stephen slash Thomas Jefferson shakes Alex's hand and says, thank you, you know, you really helped me out through all this. And then Alex wakes up, and he's back in the kitchen. It's the next morning. Elise is coming in. And, oh, I forgot, at one point, Alex actually goes to Thomas Jefferson's house uh, in the dream. <laughs> yes. And it's his house. It's the Keaton house, just dressed up like... Like, uh, you know, 1700s house. And everyone else in the family is Thomas Jefferson's family. Except Alex is just, you know, Alex. In the dream. Right. So, yeah. They kicked uh, him out of the family for this one. Yes. And <laughs> in the dream, uh, there's they all have, like, parallel conversations as, you know, from the real life one. And in the dream, Elise is making um, turtle and flummery pie is the casserole that she doesn't want that. Um, Jennifer is displeased with in this case. <laughs> right. She even makes the same joke, but she says thrice instead of three times. Yes, thrice. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, Alex back in the kitchen. He wakes up and you know, everyone's coming down. It's morning. Oh, Alex, did you stay in here all night? And Alex is confused. He's like, no, I wasn't here. I had to go there. And he's kind of just not making sense because he feels like he was really there in 1776. And uh, the guy from PBS shows up and Stephen comes in and reveals that he has indeed changed his mind. He's going to go talk to Congress and he thanks Alex for his help. And uh, the camera then zooms in on that painting that's hanging on the wall of the signing the Declaration of Independence in 1776 and it freezes on that. Bum, bum, bum. 
I think that's mostly pretty much what happened. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw go to the dream sequence, I was like, oh, yes, please. Very different episode, obviously, from what we normally get. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the last episode we watched was about the ant that died. Right, right. And now all of a sudden we get this one. <laughs> <laughs> Wacky dream sequence. Now, what's interesting is that, again, this is during the time when – you know, again, I don't have the exact timeline, but either right before or right after he was going to be doing Back to the Future. Yeah. And there's a lot of parallels in this, you know, as a dream, but still the time travel stuff, there's quite a few parallels with Back to the Future. Yeah, because even when he was talking about like some of the future back, you know, back and forth kind of parts and stuff, he was like, uh. <laughs> exactly. And I, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting that he, uh, he was in this. It's almost like it was a, a test run, you know, for being in Back to the Future. <laughs> exactly. They're like, hey, if you can do this, then you can definitely be in the movie. If they would have called him a slacker, you know, would have really completed it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we haven't seen the grade he gets on that paper yet, you know. Yeah, because he hadn't finished it. He fell asleep. He was too busy sleeping. <laughs> oh, that's the worst, too. I remember that happening. Oh. You didn't finish, and then you slept in. Oh. Yep. Next thing you know, it's due. You've got zero time to finish it. You're like, uh, the end. <laughs> yep. Let me get two more extra words out of it. Oh, here's another parallel from Back to the Future. There's a conversation when he's talking with Stephen as Thomas Jefferson in the past. He says, uh, how do you know so much about people's destiny? And Alex says, it's my destiny. And if you remember in Back to the Future, he tells his dad, because he goes back in time and talks to his dad in the same way, and he tells him to go tell his mom that destiny brought them together. Remember? And then he says, you were my density. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. So, like, very similar type conversation about destiny with his dad in the past who doesn't know it's his kid. Bum, bum, bum. That's so yeah. crazy, though. I mean, that's that's a pretty big uh, piece of the conversation that uh, gets translated over from the show to the movie. Right. And, I mean... Who knows when they film this? In the movie, Alex's dad is like peeking through the window with like binoculars at his mom, like getting dressed, right? Mm -hmm. That's like part of the whole thing, how he gets hit by the car. Yes. In this one, Skippy is peeking out the window and he says, Betsy Ross, <laughs> who oh. sewed the American flag, that her window is open. And he's like peeping at her. <laughs> That's Another so back crazy. Yeah. I wonder if they had the same writers. That's so bizarre that there's so many parallels. I mean, it could be that I'm just looking for it, especially since we just watched the series recently, Back to the Future. Okay. But it definitely feels like there's some connection there. So which one's your least favorite? I mean, that's hard to say because I love them all. Like, it's such a great trilogy. I think the one, the one that I've watched the least is Back to the Future Part 3. But that's right. more just because... I like to watch stuff in order, and there's a lot of times I've started it and just watched the first one or maybe the first two and don't make it all the way to three. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, two, I love the stuff they do where they go back to the 50s and it's all like within the first episode or the first movie, you know? So, yes. I don't know. It's hard to say. I love that one. Three is my least favorite. Three is, okay. Yeah. I'm out on the train and I'm out on Mary Steenburgen. You don't like Mary Steenburgen? I don't. Oh, man. She's great. Oh, she probably is. I'm just not a big fan. When she was in Joan of Arcadia, she was the worst part of that show. I never watched it, so I don't really have a frame of reference there. She's also in something else I was surprised by. I'm like, wait a minute. 
I don't remember she, her being in that. One Magic Christmas, the word, the world's weirdest <laughs> Christmas movie. Yeah, that's her. Is she in? Oh, the, she is. Well, that that doesn't surprise it's me. Not her all. fault, but yeah, that is her. Yeah, she she uh, picks some real weird things. Well, I mean, so good on her, I guess. Yeah, keeps it interesting. I don't know. I always thought the third one is fun, though. It's like a it's like a western, you know. Yeah, maybe it's. I don't know. Like, I don't know why I don't like it that much anymore because I haven't seen it. Oh, at least in 15 years. You know, maybe upon rewatching it, you might think differently. Because I feel like when I rewatched part two after I hadn't watched it in a long time, it's a lot better mm-hmm. than I like build it up in my mind. I think I think of it sometimes as like, you know, not as good, but it, there's some really great stuff in it. I always remember liking two. So, yeah, I don't know. Incidentally, the writer is not the same. Oh, okay. Good guess, though. That's funny, then, that they have that many parallels or that many coincidences. That's weird. Sha-la-la-la! There's so many good jokes in this one. I wrote down, like, so much stuff. <laughs> well, tell me about them. All right, well, let's just, we'll do some here, a few. Maybe we'll get to some more later, too. But <laughs> when Alex wakes, you know, he's in the dream, he first gets there, and he said, why am I wearing these clothes? And Skippy, a.k.a. Skipford, <laughs> says, if you weren't, you'd be naked. <laughs> I wrote that one down, too. <laughs> Skippy was so great in, like, the, the past. He was really funny. He is the best. A lot of, like, really funny stuff with Steven as Thomas Jefferson, like, uh, he says he can't sign, write the Declaration of Independence because he's having his wig fluffed. <laughs> um, and then when when Thomas or when John Adams is leaving, he says, "Oh, here, I'll, I'll walk you to your horse." <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so so much. So, oh, and when he f- sees his mom and she does, he doesn't look well, and she says, "Young man, you're not well. You should have yourself leached." <laughs> And then when he wakes up later, he's like, Mom, you wanted to leech me. <laughs> and she's all, okay. <laughs> that was kind of a weird thing in the episode is that uh, they made him, like, sick. So that way, I guess, maybe just because he was crazy or he was having a fever. so it was Yeah, a fever I dream. think that was probably where they were going with that. That's why he had such a realistic dream. My favorite part, though, is when they really just they go from Alex, who was, oh, you know, I'm going to yawn here as I have my head down. And then they go to the candle, and I was like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh, dream sequence. <laughs> yep. Oh, so excited. So good. And even when he woke up at the end, he even did the Wizard of Oz thing, like, oh, you were there, and you were there, and you were there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, so good. Also, my other, my absolute favorite Skippy bit, though, he, he did so much great stuff. When he got to the to Thomas Jefferson's house... And he walks inside, and Elise, as Martha Jefferson, I want to say, is that Thomas Jefferson's wife? It could be. I could mm-hmm. be wrong. I think. I think it so. sounds right. I might just be thinking of the the Jeffersons TV show, though. So I don't know. <laughs> might be <getting> <laughs> that up. could be it too. Um, anyway, she says, she says, wipe your feet, and he like picks up his shoes and wipes <laughs> the bottom of his shoes with his hand. With and I'm hand. like, yep. <laughs> I think even in the 1700s, people understood the concept of wiping your feet off before you walk in a house. Like, exactly. I, I don't think that he would have 
ever. There's no time in history when that was like a rational thing to do, but it was a very skippy thing to do. So <laughs> it was a very skippy thing. <laughs> yeah, so much good stuff. Oh, that was so good. Oh, I also liked when uh, he's helping Thomas Jefferson slash Stephen write the Declaration of Independence, and he can't think of the phrase "We hold these truths to be self-evident." One of the ways he comes up with to say it is he says, "We hold these truths to be obvious, even to a big dope." <laughs> I feel like maybe that wasn't the way they would speak back then. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's just just there a guess. were quite a few anachronisms uh, throughout, but you know, <laughs> I think that was part of the fun. I loved when old TV shows would go back in time and do like historical pieces. Yeah, it was great. It's something that I mean, I guess we do get that somewhat in modern times, but I feel like an episode like this wouldn't happen on a normal modern TV show. You never got an episode of The Office where they go back and you know. Sign the Constitution or something. <laughs> and they're watching Nick Cage run by with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you 100%. They just don't do those kinds of things yeah. anymore. There's still dream sequences and that kind True. of stuff, but usually not where they go back in time. Or like Bewitched was always like super, uh, they would always go back in time and do like the witch trials or they went to, you know, Jolly Old right, England right. or whatever it was. But I guess there's magic involved in a show like that, so it makes a little more sense. But yeah. still, I like it. There's magic involved in my heart when I watched it. But, you know, back then they did something that we still do have today. What? They had guest stars on their shows. Sha-la-la-la! They had a lot of guest stars, too. They did. There were a lot of people in this episode, but there were only two credited guest stars because most of the guys at the end were just like hubbub, hubbub. They didn't actually have lines, so... Right. We only got two. Uh, first up. But I can guess. Who do you think is first? John Adams? Yes. Slash Ed Nelson. Ed is the, you know, the PBS co-worker, peer, whatever. And then John Adams is his character in the dream, played by okay. Ben Piazza. Ooh. And uh, Ben has 102 acting credits to his name. So he's done a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. His most recent one was 1991. I don't think he's done stuff since then. So I don't know. I, I didn't see if he was still around or not. But he did a lot of stuff before that. A lot of mostly like appearances on TV shows like this. Uh, Matlock, Moonlighting, Mr. Belvedere, The A-Team, et cetera, et cetera. Tons and tons of stuff like that. He even had a small role in the movie The Blues Brothers, which is pretty oh, wow. cool. But the interesting thing with Family Ties, this is actually his second appearance on the show. Out of four. What? Four appearances. This is his second appearance. But it's his first appearance as Ed Nelson or John Adams. Okay. His first appearance. He only comes back as uh, John Adams. Just as John Adams. Yeah, that's like a running character now (laughs) um, for the rest of the series. Um, So his first, first character, first episode he was in was called Say Uncle which was a 1984 episode. Oh, season two, episode 14 is what Google says. Oh, it's Tom Hanks. Oh, the Tom Hanks one. Yeah, he has the serious uh, drinking Okay, issue. yeah. So that, then I guess he was a different character in that one. And then he was, yeah. you know, Ed in this one. And then in the next two appearances, he's the same character again. Not this character, but the original. Okay. So he plays Mr. Wurtz oh. in oh. Say Uncle. Then this episode he played Ed Nelson, and then we've got two more in 1987 where he plays Mr. Wurtz again. Oh, he was the one who owned the station? Could be. 
Because didn't Tom Hanks yes, go to the station? He went and applied and there. To, he applied so for the job. Why did they give him a different yeah. name then? Interesting. They well, they just want to see him to have somebody to work with. I guess so. But then they brought him back as Mister Wurtz. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Butterworts. Mr. Butterworts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Interesting. That's so dumb. <laughs> that's yeah. That's pretty good there. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard words, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. And you will later too, so <laughs> So the only other uh actor that was credited um is the character John Hancock. Did you recognize the actor who played him by any chance? I did. Is he the doctor who was given, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on all of it, Terminator 2, Sarah Connor's character, the shot? I Was it that guy? I don't think he was in Terminator 2. Okay. So the actor's name is James Cromwell. He has been in 190, he's got 190 credits. So it's possible I missed that. Although I feel like no. I would have noticed that if it was him. Yep. Nope. I had the wrong guy. But he's been in tons of stuff. Here's some things you might recognize him from. Jurassic World. Recently, he was in Spider-Man 3. The Longest Yard. iRobot. The Green Mile. The General's Daughter. But the main thing... Oh, Deep Impact, which is the other asteroid movie that came out oh, when that's right. when uh, yeah. Armageddon came out. With Elijah Wood. Right. L.A. Confidential. Star Trek First Contact. Explorers, that 80s movie. Mm-hmm. That was a good movie. I like that one. I did too. Although the ending is real weird, It has a weird ending. I don't remember the. That's ending exactly anymore. the thing. Nobody remembers the ending because it's so forgettable. Like all the rest of the stuff, oh. you remember them making the little spaceship thing and flying around and all their adventures. No one, yes. no one remembers the ending because it's very weird or very forgettable. Huh. We do a whole podcast just about explorers, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But the main thing that you probably know him from, his most famous role, is he was in Babe. He's the farmer in Babe that says, that'll do, pig, that'll do. <laughs> I don't think I remember that. You don't remember Babe? No, I don't know that I ever watched it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, like, Babe is a really good movie. It's also based on a book, which is a really good book. I highly recommend it. It's not like a kid's movie. It's really, really good. I mean, it is appropriate for kids. I was just going to say, because I think my ne- Heidi used to show that one to my nephew all the time. Yeah, but what I mean is that it's like, it's a real good movie. It's not just a kiddie movie that you wouldn't watch. Like, it's it's very good. Huh. Like, that part, when he says the famous line, like, you will cry at that part. Oh, It's okay. so good. It's It's powerful. It's really good. Anyway, that's his famous role, so. Well, it turns out he was in two movies about Babe. Yes, he was in the sequel as well, Babe, Pig in the City. <laughs> no, there's then three. What's the other one? He's in the movie called The Babe with uh, John Goodman. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I think I did see that movie, though, but I don't remember. I got nothing. But this is, unfortunately, his only appearance as John Hancock on Family Ties. No more James Cromwell. Aww. No more John Hancock on Family Ties. So, Oh, shoot. I know. It was just a one-off here. It was well, a good episode. At least we got to enjoy him for that one time. Oh, we sure did. He was fantastic. <laughs> so there was a couple other things, just some references I thought we maybe needed to explain or to address here. Oh, yeah. A couple of interesting... I mean, we already kind of talked briefly about Betsy Ross, who was... Supposedly the person who sewed the flag, the American flag. Yeah. Although I guess that's been called into question. I don't know. I'm I'm not up to date on the historical theories about that, but yeah, me either. But I've heard I've heard rumors. So You've knows? heard some scuttlebutt. Yeah, yeah. Word around the history buffs are they're <laughs> passing around. 
uh-oh, <laughs> trouble in Flag Paradise. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but this one was really fun. Okay, well, so at one point, Alex points out that one of his, his things, again, like where he's talking about modern stuff and then he, you know, kind of walks back off of it, is he tells Thomas Jefferson that he's on the $2 bill. That was one of his accomplishments. Yes. And I just have to make sure that people know, because I, a lot of people don't always know this, that there really is a $2 bill. Oh, yeah. In, in American currency. So. Mm-hmm. And they're um, so cool. And I have, I don't know, whenever I get them, I always like feel like I need to keep them. Yes, I do too. I never spend them. Even though they are, they're legal tender, but it just feels like, oh, I don't want to get rid of that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, those are cool. And then you don't get them very often. No, they don't come around much. Well, you used to be able to go to the bank and get them, but I don't know if they even have them anymore now. I don't know. I don't even know if they're like still printed. I mean, you know, do they still make cash at all? I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> so I think cash is more popular now than it's been in a while. Really? Yes. All these people doing all the home stuff and the, you know, getting contractors and doing work around their houses and all that stuff. And I feel like cash has flown a little, a uh, little more now than before. I need to get some cash then. I, I never have it anyway. So yeah. just... <laughs> I mean, my 30 bucks isn't going to make or break. Anytime I have cash, you know, one of the kids needs something. I got cash in the mail today. Oh, you got, did yeah. you get a dollar for one of those uh, survey things? No, I actually got – I ordered uh, – this will give you a peek in the life of Phil Vecchio. I ordered a, a record and a tape off of a independent record label. Mm-hmm. And I also threw in just a CD on the order because they had like a 99-cent CD on their label. And so when the order came, the CD, they were out of the CD. And the guy said – he wrote a note and said, sorry, we're out of the CD. Here's your buck back. And then he just put a dollar bill in there. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say I want my tax? no because it wasn't it was it was exactly like because it was 99 cents and i didn't it was you know i mean it's a little independent record label so sure i uh yeah you know what that's like yeah i i know well except that i have it all calculated on you know it's like a paypal store so it's all done automatically you know sure (laughs) so another thing that i thought was interesting here um i kind of mentioned it but she talks about, uh, at least talks about making turtle and flummery pie. And flummery is a real thing, and I got some info for you here. Oh, man. I was going to look that up, and then I got sidetracked. So, well, once I heard turtle and flummery, I'm like, There's, that's got to be thing. So, I don't have anything specifically about the comic, similar to, like, the, the starch combined with the palm hearts. I couldn't find anything turtle and flummery combined, mm-hmm. but flummery is a starch-based sweet soft dessert pudding known to have been popular in Britain and Ireland from the 17th to the 19th centuries. Um, the word is also used for other semi set desserts. So sort of like a pudding consistency from the pictures I was seeing. Huh. Um, it's made with beaten eggs, milk, sugar, and flavorings. So, so that's weird that you would put like a turtle in there. Turtle then, with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then make it into like a casserole style thing. But she also was making weird combinations in modern times. So maybe that was a, like, really intelligent joke about how Elise is a bad cook whatever century she's yeah. in. I don't know. <laughs> could be. She can't catch a break no matter what she does. <laughs> That's right. Somebody's always got a complaint. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Interesting. Well, a, a yeah. kind of a set-together pudding. Interesting. Sounds almost like a, like a custard or something. Yeah. That's huh. flummery. Interesting. And then one final thing I had to point out, I guess this is an explanation, but just an observation I made. 
At one point, Alex is downstairs. It's before he has the dream, and he's working on his paper, and it's Stephen comes down, and that's when they have their big talk about, you know, Alex trying to convince him to go to the Congress thing. Yeah. And Stephen comes down, and he says he's getting juice for Elise because she's, like, having a hard time sleeping. Alex is like, oh, is the baby kicking? And Stephen's like, no, I am. <laughs> uh, so he brings her up, like, orange juice or something. And... That just seemed really weird to me. I don't know about, like, you, but I was, like, brushing my teeth before bed. Yep. And all I can think of is waking up in the middle of the night and drinking orange juice is, like, instant tooth decay for me. Yeah, that seems pretty gross. Yeah, that doesn't seem pleasant to drink in bed either. Like, I don't know. So Heidi's diabetic, so every once in a while her sugar will go low and she'll have to drink juice. Okay. And right now the new uh, hot flavor is apple grape. Ooh, I like I love apple flavors, like different combinations with apple. Yeah, that one's a good one. So I'm always about the cranberry. So whether it's cran raz, which is oh, probably yeah. my favorite, or cran peach, oh cran mango. Mm. I, I like those too. Those. Yeah, but I'm, uh, she's I'm up never for been that. a huge like nighttime orange juice person. So if you were to bring her juice at night, would she then like have to brush her teeth afterwards? <laughs> she typically doesn't because if it's like one two o'clock in the morning. Um, just go back she's just like, juice. yeah, I just want to go back to bed. I think it all stems from the fact that I've always had a tough time, like, getting cavities since I was a kid. And, like, I will brush and floss, like, religiously, and then I'll have a cavity. And, you know, then, like, Janelle goes in, who brushes, like, once every five days. And they're like, oh, your teeth are great. You're all amazing. customers are like you. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have customers. And I'm like, it's not fair. It's not fair. If I drink juice in the middle of the night, I, my teeth would rot out by the next time I went to the dentist. Right? Just pull them. I, I'm, Stick it to the I'm man. going to be there eventually. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> blend it all up and I'll drink it through a straw. <laughs> Bite down on the man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was just huh. I just thought that was funny, like night orange juice. Yeah. Well, and then I like that they, uh, they kept the theme alive because the power went out. So the kitchen was really well lit to say it was just a couple of, like, hurricane lanterns. And then yeah. Stephen had a flashlight. And he's shining the flashlight in the fridge. <laughs> I mean, I hope the power comes back on because that's a bummer to have the power go out with your fridge. You know? Oh, yeah. But that storm was pretty crazy. And they even had bushes outside. And the lightning would go. And the bush would sway. and Which, again, I guess is just to, like, set the mood for going back in time. Because otherwise it didn't really serve the purpose. I don't know. He told Alex he should have put the car in the garage. Yeah. Or the car in the stable. Oh. Or the stable. That's right. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it was all real after all. Oh. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. Did you notice the Ben Franklin-looking-like lo- character? Yes. Yeah. I was trying to spot other people, and that I, that did seem to be a Ben Franklin. Yeah. But not enough so that that person got credited. So, yep. You know. No line, no nothing. <laughs> I was trying to think who else there would have been there trying to sign the declaration, and then, but they didn't really give anybody any lines, so. Like, my knowledge or memory of who exactly was involved I think stops with Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and John Hancock. Like, I'm sure there's others I'd recognize, but I don't know. William Penn, maybe? But others would just be names I'm guessing that I know from back then. Nothing that I know for sure. I don't know. I got nothing, so. All right, well, that's okay. We, we got the three anyway. Yeah. The big three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we just crushed it. Pretty much. That's history. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I took AP history in high school. Like, I'm, I don't need to do that anymore. AP US history? I like history. It's just I don't. I remember some things, but not many. Yeah. Oh, I, I do, too. I just don't remember it all. That's all. 
<laughs> why they make books. I don't have to remember it. <laughs> right? That's why they have Google. <laughs> yeah. That's why you got to keep all your old encyclopedias, right? <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking at them over here on the bookshelf right now. I don't really have uh, encyclopedias. Oh, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> we did up until, like, I think when I moved out is when my parents finally got rid of them. Yeah, I think my parents had them through at least a couple of my siblings for school, but they definitely got rid of them at some point. Yeah, I think once the computer kind of became a little more reliable and, you know, dial-up was uh, finally went the way of the buffalo, I think that's when they finally got rid of them. I remember there was a, a period of time somewhere in there, too, where it was really common to see uh, encyclopedia sets at, like, yard sales, and people were trying to give the whole set away for, like, a quarter, and no one wanted them. Yeah, isn't that sad? It is. It's crazy. But and you used to pay like thousands of dollars to get them. People had whole careers of being encyclopedia salesmen. Oh, yeah. Just walking around. Roam door to door. Now it's in a museum, you know. I feel like there was a set, too, from Encyclopedia Britannica, and you would get the midday commercials for them. Yeah, call now. Operators are standing by. And you get like a bonus, like Atlas or something thrown <laughs> in there for good measure, you know? <laughs> yeah. While supplies last. It was from Ayn Rand. It was Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, encyclopedia, like that's how the only information we had. I remember when I was a kid, speaking of presidents um, from a while ago, um, I had to do a report on some famous person, you know, in history. It was like, I don't know, probably fifth grade, so it was not specific. Mm -hmm. And at the time, my mom was working part time as a camp nurse at this camp local to us. Mm -hmm. And so we actually went and stayed at the nurse's cabin for the night. And I, for whatever reason, had just grabbed out like an encyclopedia to bring with me because I needed to do a report and I just brought V with me. And <laughs> it's there weren't as many V's as I was hoping in there. And that's why I wound up doing a report on Martin Van Buren um, for that particular report because that's the only thing I could find in the V's. So <laughs> I got a little bit of knowledge tucked away on Martin Van Buren. He was the eighth president. So. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, there, there what was his go. main contribution? I don't know. Okay, that was it. He's the eighth president. <laughs> I said a little bit. Okay, all right. Let's not get crazy here. No, no, no. We'll let that go. Sha la la la. So, was there a moral to this episode? I have one because I always okay. am the crazy kid that comes up with yeah, something. I'm relying on you here for this. So, sometimes it takes a small voice to inspire you to do great things. You just have to be open to listen and willing to try. Ooh, that's good. Because Stephen has great things inside of him. And he, at one point, he told Alex, I'm just Stephen Keaton, or I'm just Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, and not Alex a great is like, man. No, you are great. You just have to, you know, put yourself out there and try. So I think, you know, everybody has that moment of greatness in them. You just have to give, give it the opportunity to come out. I was actually brought to mind a quote for the the moral of this episode. Ooh, okay. Um, And the quote is, great events make great men. Oh, yeah. I heard somebody say that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was Alex P. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He has a way of putting a nice uh, bow on that. That's right. (laughs) Who said that? Uh, I did. Uh, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you wrote that down. Oh, this is good. It was such a good... I wrote a lot down in this episode because it was just so good. It was. It's funny because it could have been like... I mean, of course, it was cheesy in its own way, but like... Oh, sure. It was legitimately funny, too, though. Like, it was a really fun episode. Definitely. And now we know who cracked the Liberty Bell. 
Now we know Skippy Skipford. Skipford. <laughs> <laughs> and he lives right oh. next door to Thomas Jefferson. So That's crazy. Right. <laughs> Skippy was gold in this one, I'm uh, telling you. Is there ever an episode where he's not? No, no. He's he's always wonderful. He's the best. Skipford. Sha-la-la-la. With that, I think uh, I think it's been a pretty great episode, Keith. I feel like it's been a fantastic episode. Yes, we got letters from Europe, and we got to travel back in time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. We get to stare at uh, candles and learn things about new vegetables that we didn't know about. I had no idea. And, and flummery. Yeah, I was just going to say, and flummery. <laughs> new sugary treats to Something love Something I never knew I wanted to know. Yeah. Thanks, Family Ties. <laughs> now you're going to tell Janelle, all right, let's bust out the, the sugar and the butter and the milk. But let's leave the turtle out for now. I, I'm okay without that. <laughs> well, I don't think you can eat those. I think there's a, a, a law against it now. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, sea turtle, but what about like the little turtles in the pond? Like You could probably get away with some of those. I don't know. Like a little snapping turtle or something? I don't know. I'm turtle not sure suit? the rules on that. I also don't think I would want to. Yeah, I still feel like you're not supposed to. Probably not. It's like salmonella or something, probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You probably would have to boil it. Ugh, okay. I'm getting grossed out now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No more turtle talk. (laughs) Oh, crush. Rip. Grab shell, dude. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, also awesome are amazing listeners. We want to thank you guys all for joining us for another episode. Especially want to say thank you to Julia for writing in this episode. Don't forget, if you, dear listeners, would like to write to us, you can write to alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com, or you can send us a message through our Facebook page, Alex P. Keaton is my friend. Do it. It would be fantastic. It would be. Next week is another very special episode, and, uh, well, let's just say you don't want to miss it. There's big things afoot. Oh, I can't wait. Yes. But you're going to have to. We're going to have to wait. Ugh. Until I'm just going to watch it right now. Well, I mean, you can. I, I can't stop you, but we're not going to talk about it yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I'll wait a little bit then. Otherwise, I'll forget. Well, that's true. After this, you'll get <laughs> distracted with your swimming pool or, you know, $2 right? bills, and you'll forget all about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Floating face down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, once again, thank you, Keith, for joining me this week. Thank you so much, as always. And thank you, dear listeners, once again for joining us. And we'll see you next time on another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. Yay! What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through.